Mackie and Judd are back. I've been waiting for this for a long time. On 1500 ESPN. Uh, let's get into this here. Let's bring this Let's bring this off-air production meeting to the air. We're just asking Doogie, what do you got for us? What kind of scoops you got for us? You can find Doogie's full-length scoop podcast on iTunes or the 1500 ESPN mobile app, KSTP.com. What's up, Doogie? Good morning, gentlemen. I will record a new scoop podcast tomorrow. Just back in town last night, took the boys to Wisconsin Dells. Thankfully survived, somehow survived, nice. the misses and me. So now we with are booze, back I so saw out of the office. Yeah. I saw the picture. You, you survived with booze. Oh, God, trust me. Thankfully, they had many bars at the location <laughs> we were at because without the alcohol, I had zero chance. Uh, by the way, you'll be happy to know here, the listeners aren't going to care about this, but this prod studio down the hallway... It's all yours now. We've cleared out all of the old like AM fifteen hundred two thousand. Yeah, your boss told me last week. Yeah, so you can record interviews with Glenn Taylor, whoever you want. And this, it's a working phone, two microphones. It's all yours. Beautiful. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, let's start with this. The Timberwolves got some help. They, well, first of all, they helped themselves by not losing to the Hawks, and Cat goes off. But Boston comes back on the road, depleted, and daggers Utah, which helps the Timberwolves. It's a battle. They're still not out of the woods yet. I mean, they haven't clinched anything yet. Um, what's Tom Thibodeau's status with this organization? I mean, that loss to Memphis the other night was atrocious. If they were to slide out of the playoffs and miss for the 15th or whatever, 14th straight year, even if they make the playoffs, how strong is Tom Thibodeau's job security with this organization? Much, much stronger than many on Twitter would lead you to believe. Okay, He signed a five-year, $40 million deal. It's fully guaranteed, obviously. Yes, Scott Layden makes millions per year. Presumably, if you blew up Tibbs, you would blow up Scott Layden. Who the heck would eat that money? Glenn Taylor's not eating that money. But yes, if they missed the playoffs, I don't know if you know some heads would roll. I mean, maybe you make some changes in the front office or on your coaching staff. There would be a lot of pissed off people, I can tell you that much. I mean, they put so much into this year. Maybe more than they should have, just based on making the playoffs. Because, hey, trust me, making the playoffs to me is a big deal when Andrew Wiggins doesn't have any playoff experience, when Carl Anthony Towns doesn't have any playoff experience, Tyus Jones, go up and down the list. But if you end up as the 7 or the 8 seed, if you end up playing 4 or 5 games, is it that big of a deal? You could argue. Trust me, I can listen to folks arguing. Again, I'm on the other side. I'm saying get playoff experience. But... This is one of the deepest drafts in recent memory. Well, you're, you're pro-take. Doogie's pro-take. I'm not pro-take. But remember, the Atlanta Hawks. Go Mavs. The Atlanta Hawks wanted to lose last night. Well, at least the management did. Remember, from the Adrian Payne trade. Yeah, they did. Although, uh, going back and forth with J.B. Bickerstaff the other day, I can promise you. J.B. was going to to have his guys ready to play on Monday night. But anyway, the Hawks, at least management-wise, wanted to lose last night. The Hawks going back to the Adrian Payne trade. Have the Wolves' first-round pick if the Wolves make the playoffs. So in this very deep draft, if Atlanta ends up with the 16th pick from the Wolves, that is one heck of a pick. What I'm saying is, if the Wolves somehow missed the playoffs, and the schedule's far too easy, other teams are losing. I mean, you mentioned it. Boston beats Utah last night. The Clippers are playing okay. Denver's not playing particularly well. The Wolves are making the playoffs. I've been saying that for weeks. I'm not getting off. That bandwagon. The Wolves are making the playoffs. But if they somehow missed the playoffs, having the 12th or 13th pick in this draft is a darn good pick. Yeah. It really is. So if somebody wanted to argue, hey, miss the playoffs, That's what I'm hearing end up say. with the 13th pick, 
Then you have Oklahoma City's pick, the 20th pick. You could really help your bench if Tibbs wanted to ever play a rookie. You could really help your bench or make a pretty good trade with those draft picks. But I say make the playoffs, and I still say they do make the playoffs. But to answer your question, if they somehow missed the playoffs, Tibbs will still be back as the head coach next year. So Jimmy Butler is working out now, not practicing yet. He'll be back before the regular season what's is the over. Time, what's the timetable there and how much do we uh, trust the comments I've seen in recent days from Tibbs saying that, you know, this is the long play. This has to be the smart play. It all sounds very good. Uh, but what's the timetable for Butler to return, and how much do we trust that dynamic duo not to try and rush things? Well, the last turtle here is full contact. I don't see him playing tomorrow in Dallas. Could he play as soon as Sunday at Target Center against Utah? Maybe, if not Sunday, maybe next week. He will be back. Yeah, I mean, Tibbs wants him back, but I would take Tibbs at face value on that. He sat down with our friend, my boss, Joe Schmidt, a couple weeks ago. Joe laid out, hey, would you bring back Jimmy, playing him 10 to 15 minutes a night? Tibbs said, no. This is big picture. When he's back, he'll be ready to be Jimmy Butler of old. But yeah, he'll be back. My understanding is he will be back before the end of the regular season. Uh, Doogie, how easy was it for the Gopher men's hockey program to hire Bob Motzko? They had they had three other interviews besides Bob Motzko. Uh, how how easy or, or snap of the fingers was it to just say, oh yeah, if Motzko's interested, he's the guy? Well, he was always their number one target. Now, I'm mildly surprised he said yes. Other people I know that know this way better than I are pretty surprised he said yes. Now, money talks. He'll make... Double the amount he was making at St. Cloud State. He'll have double the budget, if not more. Although the Gophers, last year, out of the seven Big Ten teams, sixth on the budget scale. Now, they have every bell and whistle they need. But if you need a couple more people traveling party-wise, they don't travel as many student managers, for example. Mm -hmm. There's some tweaks that can be made. But we really can't go at the budget, even though, I'm telling you, whether it's Michigan, Notre Dame, Wisconsin... There's other Big Ten schools that blow the Gophers away, budget-wise. But yeah, Motzko was their guy. It was a matter of just convincing him. You know, and make no mistake, the guy that was on the segment before me had his fingerprints all over this hire, which is fine. This was Louie's guy. Louie had a ton of influence, even though they reached out to a number of former players. Louie was in the room interviewing these guys. Trust me, Louie was the guy. He was driving the Bob Motzko yeah. bus. Lou, Lou kind of played it off like, I was in the room. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Well, he should not yeah. have been playing it off. I mean, I don't blame him. <laughs> but I'm just telling you, that. talking to multiple people yeah. directly involved, I can promise you, Bob Motzko doesn't get hired without the Lou Nanny influence. So it, it sounds like, uh, Doogie, they talked to four people. They talked to uh, Grant Patalny, who played here and was an assistant here and mm-hmm. went uh, and and was in his first season at Northern this past year. Scotty Bell, who was on their bench with Lucia this past year, uh, Motzko, and Mike Gensel. Now, mm-hmm. what's interesting there is Mike Gensel was Lucia's associate head coach, and when Gensel came back here, he left here and came back here, the understanding, I think at that time, was when Don finally steps down, uh, Mike is going to be the guy. How, how is that going over now that uh, clearly things changed? And I think the feeling towards Don changed. And fair or not, I think that changed the feeling towards Mike Gensel. Well, and administration changed, right? Sure. I mean, it's one but thing I'm just to make some sort of the, the verbal promise yes. in 2011. Absolutely. I mean, the climate changed big time over there. I mean, Mike wants to be a head coach. I had Mike on the podcast last week. Hey, I'm a Gensel guy. I like Mike. I mean, you think about his playing career with the Gophers, coaching under Doug Woog. 
I mean, nobody bleeds maroon and gold more than Mike Gensel. So I feel for him. I feel bad. But when you can hire a guy that has the accomplishments that Bob Motzko does on his resume, they hit a home run. I mean, they got their guy, much like P.J. Fleck. They targeted one specific guy, even if they interviewed others and might have talked to Les Miles, did talk What's to Les Miles. What's our guess on salary here? Double. North of 550, 575, right in that 600 ballpark. Yeah. They'll release it today, presumably whether it's at the news conference at 1 o'clock or sometime thereafter. They will release mm-hmm. some of the details. They may not have the 14-page full contract for for us to view, but they'll have at least terms of, of yeah. the deal. But yeah, I mean, close to double. Now, it'll be interesting to see who Motsko hires as his assistants. I'm led to believe that he has reached out to both Bell and Gensel. Both those guys are under contract for another year. Now, there hasn't been any dialogue. Let's let Bob get through this news conference today. I think things will pick up next week on that front. But yeah, we were just talking off-air, Judd. Yeah, I guess I would not be surprised if Bob brings at least one of his assistants from St. Cloud, which means both of Gensel and Bell likely won't be back. Hey, Doogie, this is all due respect to Jerry Krasnick, who I think is a great reporter for ESPN.com. I like him, baseball yeah. reporter. But I saw a headline on ESPN.com yesterday, front and center on ESPN. Maybe it was because it was like a twin-specific thing, but it was a talk stall between Dozier and twins. And I thought, oh, that's interesting. I, last we had heard from you and other people who have been insiding a couple weeks ago that they just really hadn't talked. And that's kind of what that's kind of what the story laid out from Jerry Krasnick. So it was this big headline on ESPN.com, but it wasn't really anything new. It's the same thing that Dozier told people down in Fort Myers publicly, which is, yeah, I don't know. We haven't really talked about a contract extension, so I'm just going to be a free agent at the end of the year. Uh, why? What do you know about it, and why wouldn't the Twins even kick the tires on like a you know, three-year, $55, $60 million extension for a guy in his prime? Would he take that? Like, why not have the conversation? I don't know. He probably yeah, wouldn't. Well, but... I mean, I think some of those parameters were discussed with Dozier's agent okay. at the winter meetings. Okay, so they know... I don't know if it got that specific, but there were talks. But yeah, certainly in the last handful of weeks... Nothing. Non-existent. There were no talks. Yeah, I'm not quite sure why this was a headline. Now, to me, I have no problem with the Twins playing this out. Now, you could argue Dozier, in many ways, face of the franchise, does everything right. He's really good. Yeah, He's really good. You figure he's still got a few good years left. Why not make him a nice three-year offer? Now, he might be looking for four or five. But I also understand, why not play out the year? You make him the qualifying offer. $16 $16 million. He likely says no. If you don't agree to a long-term deal, if you lose him, you get a nice draft pick a year from now. I don't I don't mind that strategy. But I, I do think with his agent, Damon Lapa, there were some talks going back to the end of, end of last year in the winter. But recently, no. Yeah. So the you headline know, the, just doesn't make a lot of sense the, to me. The problem is, and I mean, you know, Judd and I have talked about this, It'd be nice if you knew what Jorge Polanco was, but now you have to wait 80 games to find out if it was for real in the second half of last year. Like, if you knew, oh, Jorge Polanco's awesome again throughout the entire 2018 season, it gives you more leverage. Okay, you know, Dozier, we like you, but not for five years. But now, if you're not sure on Polanco, and you're going to lose Dozier, okay, well, it can't just be Nick Gordon and then wait for Royce Lewis. Like, you can't just I let don't think those it's players a go. real difficult position. You're not getting another Brian Dozier. Dozier's one of the best but position I think you players can find, in baseball. I agree, but I think you can find second baseman. I don't think that's one of those positions where you're like, oh, no. You can always go trade for a and Logan I think that's Forsyth, what the Twins think. Or you've got yes. Nick Gordon. Now, Nick, you wonder about his ceiling, but I do think he can hit Major League pitching. I don't know how good defensively he'll be. 
I don't know if he'll ever be this this great hitter, but I think you could live. If Nick Gordon is your starting second baseman in 2019, I don't think that's a train wreck. Don't you, you guys think, though, that the Twins are counting on Dozier, thinking that he's going to make a killing on the market next year, going taking his services to market, finding out that, that the climate has definitely changed, and then being like, oh, I'm not going to make as much as I thought. Well, yeah, I think there's I, some I of that. Think, yeah. I think this winter... Uh, basically, in the hopes of baseball people, set sort of new boundaries for for what guys get paid. And if you're you're nearing or over thirty, I think one feeling now among people like Falvey is you're going to find out that you'll still get paid, but it's not going to be nearly what you possibly thought. No, no, you know would his camp argue not that Dozier's in the stratosphere of Jose Altuve, and oh by the way, he's what a couple years older than Altuve. Yeah. But you look at Altuve signing what five years, one hundred and fifty million dollars. You know, could you argue if you're Dozier's camp, three years? Oh, at, sure. Yeah, I mean, yeah, 17 million a year. That's not absurd. Three years, you know, 51, 52, 53 million dollars. That's not ridiculous. Also, the Twins did have some dialogue with Byron Bucks. I don't know if we've talked about this. Mm-mm. Talked about it on the podcast. They talked parameters of a six year deal with Byron Buxton. They were seeking two team options. Yeah, well, that's, that's pretty standard. It is, but Scott if Scott Kingery just camp, signed one with Philadelphia, and he hasn't played a major league game yet. I know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I know on that one. But if you're Buxton, if you're Buxton's agent, you would have been moronic to say yes. Agreed, yeah. The money wasn't ridiculous. It was good money. Don't get me wrong. Those are always going to be team-friendly deals. But the Twins always. tried to steer it to be so team-friendly. Yeah. That's fine. Fire, <laughs> just, fire your shot. Listening, it just, uh, some of the things I heard, it was just it was borderline ridiculous. I, mean, I guess shoot your shot if you're the Twins. Try. You never know when, yeah. when an agent might say yes. But in this case, I'm telling you, it was laughable what they presented to Buxton. Sure. Well, here, here's one thing we got to we got to go here because we with Doogie and Lou Nanny back to back, we uh, might have to blow out the rest of our show here. We love having you guys, but you guys take up 20 minutes each, and it's awesome. So one quick thing on Buxton, he's the type of guy you have to watch out. He's not going to be the same defensive player in five years from now because speed deteriorates throughout your 20s. Like Tory Hunter moved to right field when he was 29 or 30, right? Like you're not. So if you're going to look long-term at some point with him, much like that Joe Maurer contract, understand he ain't going to play center field at that level. Joe Maurer not going to catch at that level at the back end of the contract. So you have to account for that. You do, but I still think he can be a good defensive center fielder at 28, 29, 30. Yeah. And I think the bat will get better and better. Quickly, one go for football note. They have this kid from Iowa on campus starting today, Max Duggan, a 2019 quarterback. He's got Nebraska after him. He's got Notre Dame after him. He's got TCU after him. Hmm. The Gophers can somehow secure a verbal commitment from this quarterback, Max Duggan. Now, they have the quarterback from Eden Prairie coming in, but the idea is to bring in two quarterbacks per recruiting class. If you could bring in Max Duggan along with Cole Kramer, that's Tom Moe's grandson, the former Gophers interim AD, cousins with Carter Coughlin. If you brought in those two quarterbacks in next year's recruiting class, that would be a home run. But I'm just telling you, Max Duggan being on campus today, he's been on campus a couple times already, so yeah. he likes the Gophers, so he's back. Some people think Nebraska is the front runner, but if you can somehow land Max Duggan, that would be a big, big deal. Google the name, D-U-G-G-A-N, Max Duggan. He's one of the three or four best quarterbacks in the Midwest hmm. in the class of 2019. He's the son of Jim Duggan, Dave Harrigan. Not sure if you knew that. <laughs> hey, oh! <laughs> All right, thank you, Doogie. I knew where you were going with that. Bye, Doogie.